I ended up being a little fish in a big pond and becoming a health coach there, I realized that wasn't the direction I was going in, right? I didn't want to take people on a, a grocery store tour. I didn't want to uh, tell people, you know, how much protein to eat or, you know, eat your vegetables and exercise. I wanted to figure out how to do more. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the first ever live streaming Health Detective podcast. We are super excited to be doing this. It is actually going to be a normal and regular thing from here on out. I think technically speaking, we we kind of did a pseudo live Health Detective podcast with Ryan Monahan, but you had to be part of the summer open house. This is just something that people can be a part of now just by being on our YouTube or our Facebook page. And in the future, uh, we will be doing LinkedIn as well. So I know while uh, you're scrolling for jobs on LinkedIn, you're going to be wanting to watch our hour-long podcast. But Facebook and YouTube, I definitely think uh, we'll get a lot of people listening and downloading there. And how this will work from now on is, let's say you're catching this in the middle, or maybe you just watched the first bit of this and you're like, I I don't want to watch an hour podcast on YouTube, but I'd love to listen to this. What you're able to do is just subscribe to us on the Health Detective Podcast on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you prefer to listen to podcasts. And these episodes that go live will generally be released a week later. So um, by today, it's just actually coincidental that it's perfect. We're recording on a Monday and it will be released next Monday. Our guest today is Kurt Stratman. And if Anyone out there has been listening for an embarrassingly long amount of time, and you've really been that loyal to this podcast. Kurt was actually on episode number 17. He is now on episode 265 today of the Health Detective Podcast. Um, And just so it's not confusing, then, if you do follow us on the audio version, obviously the one that got released today is technically a couple behind what will be released next week. That's just how that's going to go. So we're saying 265 because it's 265 in the future. Uh, But he was on episode number 17. It wasn't even called the Health Detective Podcast back then. It was the FDN Thrive Podcast. And so I'm glad to uh, get you back on when... We, we have more than 10 downloads per episode. I'll put it that way. So thank you, Kurt, uh, for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Cool. I think one of the first things we need to do today is reintroduce you. I'm not expecting anyone to go back 200 something episodes and listen to that. So, And what's interesting now is I think at the time uh, we had both of us had different roles at FDN um, and you've really moved into a lot of different things here. So let's start with the health side. No one gets into the world of FDN or all these other programs, which is a little hint, something we're going to talk about today are all the other programs uh, Kurt went through as well. So uh, let's start with the health side. How did you even get into this? Cause it's not something we set out to do at five years old, generally speaking. Yeah. So uh, what happened with me was I knew I wanted to go. I, I have a past life in marketing, and that's what I've always done. And uh, I I reached a point where I did a great job at helping other people's livelihood and helping their dreams and their businesses come to fruition. I really wanted to do it for myself. And 
uh, it was just a happenstance that I got introduced to the, the functional health world but I was in my 20s at the time and uh, I, I couldn't figure out what it was I needed to do to get into that industry, right? I had already gone to school. I went to school for anthropology because I wanted to be Indiana Jones and then that never happened. So I was like, what could I, what could I do? And, uh, you know, somebody had talked to me about becoming a health coach and I was like, this is a great idea. Like, this is what I need to do. Like, it's too late to go back to school. I, I, I think if I could do it over again. I wanted to be a naturopathic doctor, but I was kind of too late in life at the time, or so I thought. And so I had moved to Seattle and I had became a health coach, just a basic run of the mill health coach. And I was like, this is great. There's so many like-minded people in the Northwest. You know, they're all eating cliff bars and driving Subarus and it's like natural and healthy, you know, there's naturopaths on every corner. But then when I got there, I realized that there are so many natural people there, right? People are already aware of how to live life more holistic. So I ended up being a little fish in a big pond and becoming a health coach there. I realized that wasn't the direction I was going in, right? I didn't want to take people on a, a grocery store tour. I didn't want to uh, tell people, you know, how much protein to eat or, you know, eat your vegetables and exercise. I wanted to figure out how to do more. And uh, I had had FDN introduced to me, like I kept seeing signs for it. I would uh, be on their email newsletter list or I would see ads for it and things like that. It just wasn't the right time for it at the time. So I had gone through so many, you know, health coaching programs trying to uh, get a little bit more, like try to find what it was that I was looking for. And at the time, I didn't really have any health issues, right? Because there's a lot of FDN practitioners out there they became FDNs because they were trying to help their own health issue, right? To, to be their own doctor, to help friends and family. Uh, at the time, I didn't really have too many health issues. I was pretty healthy. My sister, who was a nurse, uh, she had gotten diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And it took so many times for her going to her doctor to finally get them to test her thyroid properly, right? Something that's inexpensive and should be done annually, uh, if not, you know, twice a year, she had to pull teeth to get, get her thyroid checked. And uh, the Hashimoto's diagnosis came secondary, right? So had they done these screenings before, they would have found the Hashimoto's potentially before the cancer. Uh, and, and so fortunately, it's, you know, nearly seven years cancer-free for her. She did a combination of Mayo Clinic and a natural cancer clinic in Tijuana that, you know, I, I became involved with. Uh, but I realized in her situation, there was so much medical gaslighting, especially for females, especially for females that I was coming in contact with, that you're fine. Here's an antidepressant. You're a new mom. This is why you have anxiety. Lay off the cookies and you won't have the weight issue. You know, and, and it was just, you know, we're our own best doctor right? And we know what's going on, you know, in our bodies, or, or can at least have an inkling that something isn't right, you know, much better than our doctors can. Uh, so I became an FDN because I wanted to be that voice. I wanted to be that listening ear for these people coming to me saying they have a problem, and then me acknowledging it and believing them, right? Rather than just gaslighting them and saying, maybe you need an antidepressant or, you know, diet change. But then what happens, and I think this happens with a lot of healers and people in the functional health world, is 
you know, we can give great advice, but we fail to take our own, right? So we can tell people the right things to do, but then we don't really take our own advice. And that being said, I started developing my own health issues, uh, especially during, uh, you know, when COVID had started and everything was locked down and we were all at home. You know, I wasn't doing everything I needed to, to improve my health, right? So then I started having the health issues, but then I was having the resources that I needed to, to fix myself. So I kind of got both sides of this journey where uh, I, I've been working on my own health, but then I came into this not because of my health, but because of something that's affecting a huge other demographic. Cool. Well, I mean, I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but I'm, I'm glad that you got to experience both sides because I think that makes you that much more of an effective person, both in the company, but yeah. as a practitioner as well, right? When you truly, it, it's one thing to just empathize because you're a half decent person, right? That you were already doing that, but that genuine empathy that comes from, dang, I've been through this in one way or another, directly and indirectly, um, is powerful. I also wanted to go back to something that you said with your sister. One, I'm very glad that everything worked out with the cancer, uh, but two, not only anecdotally have I heard this a bunch with the issues that happen, especially with females uh, when they go in for these uh, conditions and then get told it's in their head. I actually think I got I don't want to get um, I don't want to misspeak here. So I will try to find the study if I can. And I'll put the link in the show notes in the comments. But I think there's actually been studies done showing that women are more likely to be told that something's in their head for the exact same diagnosis as a guy. So, yes, it does happen to a lot of people. I experienced it myself. But I also watched my mom, for example, for seven years, Kurt. They didn't diagnose her with an autoimmune disease, even though she had the same exact symptoms the entire time. And finally, go figure, it was a thyroid condition. It was uh, Graves' disease, which is, for those that don't know, kind of an autoimmune that's associated with hyperthyroidism. Um, I don't want to say the opposite because that is totally incorrect clinically, but it's kind of the opposite of Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism. So it's amazing, too, to hear the similarity in these uh, stories with the sister and my mom, where all these years, you know, a something that is so basic, like a thyroid panel, not even expensive to run, even if you didn't do the insurance and you could find these things that are going on. But uh, sometimes we just don't think to do that. And so you have been through uh, quite a few other programs yourself. And what's nice about the rest of the story, too, is I realized when I, I don't have when I don't get to talk to someone for 200 plus episodes, this feels like the first time I'm interviewing you. So this is great because all of this is really genuine where I'm actually relearning all this stuff. Um, you had been through several other programs. I'm sure you took something from all of them. Uh, but I'm curious, we don't have to list off everything, I suppose. But what are some of the other programs that you have went through? And I want to be very careful about how we answer this because I'm asking for this reason. There are people that look at FDN and compare us to other programs. There is never a day where I'm on a call or a webinar or whatever that I say another program is bad. I have never done that. I can't picture you doing that. But there are certainly programs that are better suited for others than maybe this person over here. And considering most of these programs out there nowadays are $5,000 to $15,000, if you do five of these, you have a college degree basically in America at this point. So you don't want to do five of them if you don't have to. What were some of the other ones you went through and uh, what did you like or maybe want to improve about some of those? Yeah. And, and I get this question often talking about other programs out there. And, and I always like to start by saying, like, it's just my opinion. Right. I went through this program. This is my opinion. I'm not ever speaking bad about these other programs because uh, sometimes it's the best option for other people. But the two big ones, I've done various basic health coach certifications. I can't even remember all of them. Uh but the other big ones that I did was uh, IIN, 
the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and Precision Nutrition. Uh, I did Precision Nutrition first and then IIN after. Uh, what I had found in the Precision Nutrition program, very thorough, right? They send you a textbook. It's this thick. You know, it, it's very thorough. Uh, there wasn't a lot of mentorship to it, right? So you enroll in the program, you get accepted into it, and then it's self-paced and you have to have that dedication and, uh, you know, to get get through the program. I needed that little bit of, of guidance, right? I needed to have those resources to, to reach out to. And I found that with Precision Nutrition, and again, this is just my opinion, but I feel like it's more for athletes helping athletes, right? So, so more of people that are uh, trying to build health to become a better athlete, to build more muscle, to increase endurance, things like that. Uh, not so much on the coaching perspective, right? They did an excellent job talking about the foundations of nutrition. We all have to have that, right? Every health coach needs to have uh, a strong foundation in nutrition. And But I needed something else. You know, I needed, I, I came out of that program. It took a lot of work. I think I took longer than I needed to to get through it. Uh, because I, I lack that dedication of saying I'm sitting down and or I shouldn't say dedication. I have the dedication. I lack the accountability. Right. I need somebody. I need a deadline. I need somebody to 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 tell me we have to get this done by this certain date. So I had heard a lot of good things about IIN and so many friends had gone to that program that are in this industry. Uh, so I finally took the plunge. Right. So meanwhile, I guess I need to preface this a little bit. I'd been seeing all these ads for FDN. And I was like, I need to do FDN, but I didn't have the finances at the time, right? It just wasn't the right time for, for that type of investment because it is a big investment. All of our education is a big investment for whatever we do. And we want to make sure we're using our money wisely. So I went through these programs that were a lot less expensive thinking I was going to get the same outcome. And that's not really what, what had happened. So then I went to the IIN program, which has a nice price tag on it. Uh, and during that program, I really liked the way everything was structured because it dove into the, the health concepts more than just nutrition, right? It went into it more than just the precision nutrition program because it went into diet theory. That was the big one that I felt like I needed in this field was I would have so many clients come and say, I'm following Mediterranean diet. I'm following Atkins. I'm following paleo. What does that mean? Right? We need to know what all of these different diet theories are, even though I never, uh, recommend one specific diet. I take pieces of each one to, to match the person that's in front of me. Uh, but it was a great program. And it had that mentorship that I was looking for, but not until like the last three days of the program, right? Before graduation, you would get on these coaching calls with a group. And sometimes a group call like that can be intimidating. Maybe you don't want to ask a question because you think somebody might think it's a silly question, right? Or maybe... Uh, you're asking a question that just might not be appropriate. So there was that intimidation factor to those calls where I didn't feel comfortable really opening up and asking all of these questions. And I needed some of that mentorship earlier into the program. Uh, and, and so I came out of IIN with great health coaching skills, right? I knew how to talk to clients. I knew to talk to them about diet theories. I knew to talk to them about a wide variety of, of healing modalities that were available to all of us, uh, but I still needed more, right? And, and then I was left with this, like I said earlier in this, I was a little fish in a big pond. Health coaching is becoming a very oversaturated market. So you have to figure out what sets you apart 
from the other person? That's a, a basic marketing question that you always have to ask yourself in any endeavor you go on. What makes this different than, than the guy down the street, right? What makes it different than any other uh, modality out there? Uh, and so I had invested all of this money in these multiple programs and probably four or five years of, of time into these programs. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I kept seeing these ads for FDN and I would see that they were talking about lab testing and that's what was intriguing me. But I was like, had this epiphany where I was like, that's it. It's the lab testing. Like, that's what I'm missing that all of these other health coaching programs are not offering. You know, we can tell you how to eat healthy. We can tell you how to live a healthy life. But healthy for me and you are two different concepts, right? What's going on under the hood? What's going on, you know, with this blood work? Obviously, th these labs that, you know, the traditional medical community is running isn't that, that thorough at explaining everything that's going on. My sister's a prime example. Your mom's a prime example. You know, you've, you've gone through all of these tests, but you've gotten nowhere. So the functional lab testing was really that part that I knew that's what was going to set me apart because it was the first time, not only are, are we taught in health coaching to look at the full body, right? The whole body, that's the holistic uh, concept, but it was the first time that we're actually able to look inside the body and see what's going on. So that's yeah. really how I got through all of those programs and ended up here with FDN. I, I appreciate the, the thoroughness of those descriptions. I can't speak much on precision nutrition, but uh, many people know the other health coaching program that I did was Institute for Integrative Nutrition. That's how I actually started in the industry. And that's what preceded FDN for me. And I don't think you could have nailed the description anymore, right? It it has a decent price tag, especially for what you're getting. Uh, the I would assume this is still the same to this day or something similar. I went through seven years ago now at this point, but exact same thing as you. The only mentorship, if you'd call it that, was the group calls at the end. And I like how real you are. I appreciate it because you say something that everyone goes through, but most aren't going to say. Yes, even as adults, even if you're a podcast host, it can be intimidating to be on a group call and you don't want to sound stupid. You have questions where you're not sure like, all right, are these people above me in the, above me in the knowledge? Do they already know this stuff? And I don't, um, it is a little intimidating. And then you end up not getting what you should have gotten out of that call. Obviously you also want to be respectful to everyone and you don't want to hog up the time. So it's a, there's a many things that go into that and you shouldn't feel that way. If you're getting the mentorship, that's why FDN is really cool with the best of both worlds, because you have that unlimited group mentorship aspect from day one. But you also have this very personalized one on one um, that is quite in depth. You know, we have over 12 hours of one on one mentorship at this point, and it's going to feel like a lot more than 12 hours with the, the depth of some of that. But the bottom line is, I think you highlighted a lot of the strengths, too, of IIN and I'm assuming precision nutrition, too, because these aren't bad things. You need to decide what it is that you want and what you uh, desire to do. If you are someone who only wants to focus on dietary theory, really like just that, that coaching side and helping people shift their mindset, which by the way, is some people, some people only ever want to do that stuff. I've had people uh, get on some of the sales calls and they talk about, I don't really like the idea of labs. I'm not a science person that intimidates me. Well, cool. FDN's not going to be a good fit, man. Like that's going to suck. You're going to hate this because we're all about diving into the labs and the science and stuff. So it really starts with the individual knowing what they want. 
And then we can help filter all these programs out there to make an informed decision. So again, you don't end up spending a bunch of money for something that maybe had a part of what you wanted, but wasn't the full thing. And you could also argue, did you need to spend five, six grand to get that little part or could you have gotten it somewhere else for cheaper? So when you went through the FDN course, one of the things that we include in the cost of tuition are lab tests uh, for someone to be able to run on themselves. So with the lab tests that you were able to run on yourself and all the other things that you were learning, I got to ask, what was your what was your experience like? What were you feeling as you went through it? Did you find a unique healing opportunities for your own body? Did you realize, whoa, my gosh, this this part here was a huge gap in my health knowledge. I'm curious what your opinion was. Obviously, you enjoyed it. You're here, but it'd still be nice to hear specifics. Sure. Uh, I learned that I had some broken parts. Right. And that's what I like to, to joke to people about, because uh you know, I do the, I'm an FDN mentor. So I work with trainees, you know, as they're, you know, going through the program. And one of the things that I do are their own personal results and recommendation sessions, because it's important, you know, to, you know, it, it's a big thing, I guess, in life in general, don't ask somebody to do what you're not willing to do, but, you know, not willing to do yourself. But having those lab testing is a big key component to that, right? Because then you get to be the client right? You get to listen to what's going on. And I have this, you know, theory that it's a lot easier for you to understand those concepts when it's your own health, right? Because it's related to you. You can listen to read, talk about case studies all day long, but when it's personal to you, it's a lot easier to kind of bank that information and absorb it. And, you know, myself included, and I see this with a lot of trainees going through the program, they come to that results and recommendation session to see their lab results and they think everything is going to be great, right? Because they're already eating well, they're following a diet that works for them, they're exercising, they're sleeping well. And then they see these little hidden things that show up on there that shows something's broken, like something's not right and it needs, it's a healing opportunity to be fixed. Uh, and I had learned that, you know, I came into it thinking that I was going to have pretty decent, you know, labs and then uh, you know, seeing how my body was responding to stress, or in my case, it was not responding to stress at all. And, you know, it was not only does it show you where you're at, but it was showing me the trajectory, right? If you don't intercept it right now, this is where you're going to end up. And that was the big thing for me was realizing, you know, and, and I'm talking about like cortisol dysregulation and adrenal issues. Uh, if I didn't intercept it, I was going to to be in a bad place further down the road, right? If I was having a few symptoms then, uh, how is it going to be five years down the road if I didn't fix anything? Yeah, I think um, it's kind of interesting because of all the people I've interviewed, not that there's not smart FDNs out there, we're all pretty decently intelligent, I'd like to believe, but the retention in their ability to remember their own lab results, I think proves what you just said. Um, and I don't know if the course is this advanced that it's structured like this, but um, I, I love studying learning and, and why we memorize things and how we do it. And dopamine's a huge part of that. It's one of the reasons that uh, many kids, unfortunately, are taking like Adderalls and Vyvanse uh, to study better, right? These things flood the brain with dopamine. But dopamine's also anticipatory. And so I think as lab nerds and health nerds, what is more exciting to us, as sad as this is, than getting lab results back for ourselves? That's exciting. And so I think there's this perfect combination of you've gone through a lot of the course material. You have been excited to get your lab results back from you know the first few weeks into the course. 
I think that's why the retention's so high. And, and so many people do describe those, uh, they're called R&R sessions for those watching or listening. That means results and recommendation sessions. So you're getting your results and then we give you some recommendations. I think that's why so many people describe that and clients that are the same way as like, oh, this is when this clicked for me. This is when I really started to understand some of these concepts is when I saw this stuff because now you're taking theory. I mean, you got to see lab results, of course, in the course, but you're taking theoretical stuff to very practical, very real. It's you. It, you're the person. And this is also the beauty of FDN. Unfortunately, most people don't come to us until they already feel like crap, especially the clients. But FDN is so uh, good at finding things that are going wrong in the body or those healing opportunities, as you said, that even if someone that feels really good runs the foundational FDN labs, you are going to find something if you're trending in the wrong way. Um, I had a gentleman recently, he's a stud of an athlete, 23 years old. Uh, he's been boxing since he was five. His dad is a professional boxing trainer. And so the kid looks fantastic, super high energy, but he liked what we were talking about. He's local to me. And he wanted to you know, run some of the labs. So we started super basic. We actually just did the hormone thing just to get it rolling. Because again, he wasn't a normal client by any means. And guess what? His hormones looked overall pretty good. But we could just start to see that he was trending almost into like that compensatory phase just a bit. And so we caught something before it happened. So I'm glad to, uh, to know that you know, there's people like you that actually end up going through the course that before they're a total train wreck, right? They can find things to work on. It's a lot easier to recover from that than it is uh, when you go through the course banged up like some of us. But hey, don't worry. We have those people too, and, and we are able to help them out. So you already mentioned this. Um, and I, I'm just curious. I'd love for people to get to know what a day in the life of Kurt's like. You mentioned that you're an FDN mentor. I know that you do some other things for FDN as well. Uh, so what do those roles look like? Because you have a position where you really get to connect with the trainees. Yeah, so my favorite part is that I have a lot of hats with FDN and and I love it. You know, I love being involved with it because FDN changed my life, right? It changed my personal life, it changed my career, it changed my family's life. And being able to be part of the new FDNs coming on the scene, like it's it's wonderful, you know. And uh when I had graduated the FDN program, I think it was like four or five years ago now. And there, there was just, you know, several hundred FDNs in the world. And now there's over 4,000, you know, so we're, we're just constantly growing and being part of that mission to like help these practitioners become the next best FDNs is, is really awesome, you know. And uh, so my client load with, with my personal clients for my own health practice uh, has gone down because I love taking on these training sessions and working with trainees to kind of, I think I like teaching it so much. You know, I love being an FDN practitioner and working with my clients, but I love teaching. And that's my, uh, I get on a soapbox often when it comes to these health concepts or, or FDN concepts. So being in a place of being on a, a soapbox with the audience that's willing to listen, you know, that's, that's the great, that's the great part of doing everything that I do. See, we got to have you on the podcast more than because we can just force people to listen to us here. It's great. So, but speaking of which, um, one thing I should have mentioned in the beginning is that 
these podcasts, they're not going to be fully interactive when they're live. I mean, I obviously want to keep the structure that has worked for us for three years now and be able to go through certain set questions. Uh, but this is about the time where if you guys are live today and you do have any questions for Kurt, this would be a great time to ask. Um, I'd be happy to highlight some of the audience questions the last 10 to 20 minutes of each episode. And while in the past we've only really recorded for 50 minutes, that's how long the typical shows are. Uh, Kurt, thanks for being our guinea pig with this today because Sure. You know, if we do see that people are hopping on consistently and they do want to ask questions, we can make these even longer in the future to allow for that. And then maybe the audio version only has the, the main podcast. I don't know. So uh, we're willing to experiment. We always are trying to give you guys what you like. That's something that's just a whole part of FDN because, I mean, you know this firsthand. You and I both graduated, like you said, four or five years ago. I'm six. You could just see how much FDN has evolved since then. They're constantly listening to the feedback of the community and then adding stuff on. So uh, there's more lab tests included in the tuition now. There's more one-on-one -on -one mentorship. I don't even think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, four or five years ago, I don't even think they had the Facebook trainee group yet, right? Was that there? It was fresh. So okay, okay. <laughs> there, there wasn't this huge archive of, of stuff to search through, you know, because as a trainee, you can just type in a keyword of what you're looking for and find, you know, eight years of it. Uh, it was it was a fresh group. So there wasn't that much to, to sort through. Trainees really have uh, they're in a good place right now. Like you said, they're getting the extra the lab testing included, but they have the Facebook groups. They have, you know, so many live calls that they get to hop on uh, to learn course concepts, to learn, uh, you know, to even get a chance to talk to Reed himself once a week, you know, at study hour. And that's a, a hugely popular one where people can uh, actually, you know, they hear Reed talking in these lectures, you know, and, and on these slides, you know, in their course modules, but then to actually get to talk to him and pick his brain and ask questions, you know, it's just a great opportunity. So the course is evolving, you know, and at the end of, of the course, you do get the opportunity to have a postgraduate interview where you actually have that one-on-one -on -one conversation with the powers that be and say, this is what I've loved in this program and this is where I think it can improve. And then you get to build on that. So this yeah. course is getting better. Yeah, for those that um, might not have just understood that, basically there's these things called PGI, so postgraduate interviews, and it's actually how the course is able to evolve in the way that it is. There has now been multiple thousands of hours of postgraduate interviews where it's funny because I think, you know, as a trainee and or a fresh graduate, I remember thinking that I was going to be able to ask them a bunch of questions on the call, and they do allow for that, but they are 10 times more interested in asking you questions, the graduate, and figuring out okay, where can we get better? What did we do wrong? Um, it's this obsession for, for greatness and excellence in the industry, which I, I really appreciate. Um, we do have a question here. This is great. So I will see if I can share that on the screen. Uh, see, this is so much fun. I, I love this platform to be able to do these podcasts. So the question is, if you could do your health coaching journey differently, uh, what would you change, if anything? <clears throat> um, well, I... I that's kind of easy for me to answer. The biggest thing that I would do differently, and again, this is not negating how great these other programs are and everything. If you're interested in lab testing, if you're interested in making these connections and being that health detective to help people uncover the root cause or, or close to the root cause of these conditions they're going through that they've been dealing with for years and years and been in the cycle of trial and error, as, as Reed says, uh, FDN is the right program, right? And so if I could do it differently, I would save 
or figure out the finances to go into FDN first, right? Because then you get to come out of FDN a year later and really have all of the resources you need to start your career as this health detective, right? And because what happened to me is I waste, I don't want to say I wasted, but for lack of a better word, I spent five years going through these various programs because at the time I couldn't afford the, the tuition for the big FDN. And so I had ended up spending double, maybe even close to triple the cost that the FDN program costs on all of these various programs. So uh, I think to really answer that question, it's to go to FDN. If you are wanting to do these lab testings, if you're wanting to learn how to be a health detective and how to be so much more than a health coach, this is where you need to go. Uh, and like you said earlier, if that's not your interest, then maybe it's not a good match. And one of those other programs are great for you. So, Cool. And one way to always figure it out, uh, you guys can go to fdntraining.com slash call. And you can talk to one of the course enrollment advisors. I'm actually on that team. So there's at least some percentage chance uh, you might get to talk to myself. Whether or not you consider that a good thing is uh, completely subjective, but you could get to talk to me. And what we do on those calls is we figure out whether the course is a good fit for you. I mean, yes, by definition, it's a sales position, but at the same time, like good and ethical selling is making sure that you're giving someone a product that they can actually benefit from. So uh, Kurt, you wouldn't, we don't talk like this. You wouldn't even know this. I refer out about 15 to 20% of the people that book calls with me uh, for FDN because it's just not a good fit. They're looking for something so specific in such a certain way, which is great. So you want to come into those calls knowing what you want. And if we can fill that need, we will do that. And if we can't, we'll be like, Hey, well, we know a ton of other places and programs, so yeah. you should go here. Um, and some people, let, let's be honest, some people need to work on their health first. Yes, you could do that while at the FDN course, uh, but there is a level of chronic illness, in my opinion, that is not well suited for almost any uh, course. I think you need to really work on yourself first and then get into it. Uh, many of us naturally you know, kind of work on our health before we start these courses. I think that's kind of par for the course, but there's uh, a small percentage that you know, they're banged up, man. And that and that's okay. But work on that first. Get, get your brain fog down so that you could actually learn um, what you're studying, right? So, okay. With that said, let's check our time here. Oh, we're still very good on time. Um, yeah, we have fdntraining.com on the screen and that's slash call as well. So fdntraining.com slash call to book a call with us. I want to also um, ask this because I'm trying to think, one of the things I do in every interview is I try to think, what would I ask if I was an audience member? And so based on the title, of today. You know, we talked about how we were going to compare different health coaching programs. And if someone's still listening at this point in the show, it would imply to me that they're probably interested in FDN. So one really useful thing that we can give them um, by having an FDN mentor on today is I'd love to know, Kurt, what do you think or what do you know are the attributes or characteristics of a person who has success with the FDN course and is able to go through it efficiently? And what are the characteristics of someone who made or habits, I should even say, of someone that maybe struggles a little bit because our course is kind of a mix. We do have a huge self-paced aspect. There are other things to help you keep accountable, but it's mainly on you. Um, and you self-proclaimed that that's something that maybe you struggle with. And yet, not only did you get through it, you're here mentoring. So I'm curious uh, what some of those characteristics might be for people who go through it flawlessly and then, or effortlessly, and then those who maybe are dragging behind so that they can have more success. Yeah. So what I've found, and I've been doing this close to two years now on the, the FDN side for mentoring, what I've noticed is trainees who are struggling a little bit, 
they're not taking advantage of all the opportunities that they have. They're not hopping on the live calls that's happening, you know, a couple times a week. They're not actively using uh, the Facebook group, right? Because you can cultivate these friendships in the this FDN group where I, I've been doing this long enough now, I'm seeing friendships blossom, you know, kind of like becoming colleagues with each other and the, and the Facebook group for trainees. And then I'm seeing them on the AFDNP graduate side and they're still kind of close and relying on each other and stuff like that. So I think that's the big one. Take advantage of those uh, learning opportunities that you get, you know, the, the live calls, the Facebook group. That's a, a big one. There's a lot of people out there that don't like Facebook, that don't use Facebook. You know, we get it. And uh, we talk about this in the, the new trainee orientation. But the Facebook in this case is really useful for us because it's like we just said, there's several years of, of discussion in there that you can sort through and search through. Uh, a lot of trainees that don't use Facebook create a Facebook account just to be part of the, the Facebook group. Like that's a, a huge thing. Uh, I think the other component that, and this isn't so much for being successful in the course, but being successful as an FDN in general, is uh, you have to be okay with change, right? You have to be constantly uh, willing to pivot. And what I mean by that is every day, uh, well, not every day, but every day labs are changing, right? Lab markers change. Labs come into the industry. They come out of the industry. Supplements come into the industry and, and leave. So you have to constantly be okay to, to pivot and open to uh, all kinds of feedback and, and changing you know, the way you do something. Uh, I, I'm on the study hour every Friday. Every Friday, I learn something new. Right. I learned something new as an FDN that I did not know before. And at least, you know, two out of the four each month, I learn how to change my own results sessions with clients. Right. Or I change how I go about talking to a client because of something I learned. So you can't be stuck in your way. I guess it's the point I'm getting at. Uh, you have to be willing to change and evolve. And that's really the, the key to success for uh, being a great FDN. I felt like you read my mind when you talked about some people don't like using Facebook because some people don't even like social media, but it's one of the things I, I really emphasize when I'm on the calls with people. If I know that they're going to do the FDN course and they're signing up a hundred percent, I let them know that it is worth making that account uh, just for that, if nothing else, because listen, would we love to be on some private forum on our own website? Yes, we would. And we've tried that in the past. Here is the issue. People that do use Facebook and social media are addicted to these things. And so when you're going on Facebook and you're just scrolling aimlessly, your question that you asked in the Facebook group comes up on my feed. It comes up on several hundred other, several hundred other people's feeds versus if we're on a private forum, you forget to log on, you're, you're on the major social media platforms, right? So it's actually this, we'll maintain that as long as we can because it's a really cool thing in both the trainee group and the graduate group where you have so much engagement. And I can't help but think some of that engagement is actually because you were really just scrolling on Facebook to begin with. And then you happen to see something uh, in FDN and you're like, oh, wait, I want to answer that. Or wait, I can help with this. Uh, that's just what happens, right? We do have um, another question here, uh, also from Joe. It says, were you, oh, good question. There's so many people ask this. Were you working full-time when you went through uh, the course? Yes, 100%. <laughs> and and I, the way the course is created, that's taken into consideration, right? A, a lot of us don't have that luxury of being able to say we're devoting an entire year 
to our, you know, education and we're not going to be working because we have to pay the bills, right? And there's a lot of trainees that are coming into the program that are, are just making a lateral shift, right? They're already in this functional health world. They just want to, you know, add to their expertise or add to the repertoire of, of, you know, functional health tools so they can kind of budget the time a lot easier. But what happens when you're working full time? Uh, I was working at a, a UPS store during that time and it was a full time job because I was in my, my mid 20s at the time. Uh, it was a full time job. And then I would come home and, and work on uh, my FDN course. But it's structured in a way that most students completed in about a year because it's taking into consideration that we all have other other jobs most of the time in a field that's not related to it because for one that's the beauty of the fdn program is you don't have to have experience in in that field to come out to have everything you need for a successful career in that field right um that's that's the big one but uh you know you get to print out all of the the notes and slides from the course so you can you know in your free time you know be reading through those you can download the audio right so if you're driving down the road you can have it playing as if it's a podcast playing so there's so many different ways for it to to work with you while you're working full time to get through the program cool and yeah that is uh, you know it's something that we get all the time because someone um they might be yeah making that lateral shift that's a really good way to describe it they might be jumping careers completely i've had uh, many stay at home moms which is more than a full time job right especially you got a few kids like that's going to be crazy uh trying to do any formal type of education and so the fdn program is always made with a very specific type of person in mind um i would say that the ideal person is the person that really wants to go do this as a career eventually in some way you might want to work 10 hours a week that's something that you can do and gain supplemental income from FDN. You might want to do it full time. We have tons of FDNs doing that as well. But the course was made for that person that we know is going to have to transition in some way or another. I'm one of like the rare ones where I was actually working at the time, but I was working at my family's restaurant, which I had to stand for. And I got uh, lucky, knock on something, because I don't want to consider this luck all the time. But I broke my foot to the point where even the boot that I had, they said like, you really shouldn't stand on this at all. Like you should be using crutches uh, for several weeks. So I ended up doing the FDN course in like a couple of months, but I got to do it eight hours a day, seven days a week. I, I loved it, man. I was obsessed. I just wanted to go through it um, and keep studying it. And normally like you burn out after studying after 30 minutes, in my opinion, but I could study all day. And I felt like I still had decent retention because I was so excited about what we were learning. So whether you can do one hour a day or eight hours a day, if you break your foot or something, uh, we are able to set that up for you and the courses, or I'm sorry, the, um, the videos are very cool because most of them are only about 20 to 30 minutes each. And then Reed will actually say, go grab a drink of water, come back, and then we'll get to the next section. Um, so you can break it down very easily in your day. Um, we have about uh, six, seven minutes left here. So what I want to do is kind of just run this how we normally would run any health detective podcast, especially since there's no other questions. Uh, Kurt, where can people find you? Because I know that in addition to your work at FDN, you do have uh, your own practice, right? Where people can work with you. So do you have a specific um, type of client that you like to work with? And then again, where can they find you if so? Yeah. So I love to, to work with uh, clients that are dealing with hormone issues and, and gut issues. And so really, I want any client with a chronic condition to come because almost always there's going to be a route to that in hormones or gut issues, right? So I like to kind of educate them on, on how that connection, uh, you know, really is. So 
Uh, Nourish Integrative Health and Nutrition is, is my practice. Uh, it had been Stratman Family Wellness for the longest time. Uh, and then I just recently changed the name, right? Because I've been evolving and adding to it. I, I didn't feel like the name served uh, its purpose anymore. And so now it's Nourish Integrative Health and Nutrition. Uh, it's nourishintegrative.com uh, is the website. Excellent. And yeah, you're right. Even though, um, you know, there always ends up being so many root causes, quote unquote, in the world of FDED, it's it's a rare day when there's not a client that comes back who's chronically ill that something doesn't show on the hormones and gut. And that's kind of alluding to what we we're not alluding, but going back to what we were talking about before, where even if you feel super good, when you run the FDN foundational labs, we can catch stuff so much earlier um, than someone actually really getting sick. We could still help you then, but man, if you're smart, I would be doing some of this stuff proactively. I've started doing that in my own life, right? I'm like, oh, wow, I feel good. It's like, okay, maybe now I should just be occasionally doing these labs so I don't get back to a place that I, I was before. I can't imagine getting back there, but still, why, why not do that? And then um, I think I'll finish up with the signature question on the podcast because it has been 200 something episodes since you would have gotten to answer this. And especially someone like you who's so involved with the course, obviously uh, learning all the time, at least on Fridays, like you said, right? When you're doing the study hour and stuff. I'm curious if the answer has changed at all. I wouldn't remember, but who knows? The question that we always finish with on this podcast is if you, in this case, Kurt, could wave a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health. So you can either get them to start doing one thing or you can get them to stop doing one thing. What would Kurt Stratman, multiple course completer, FDN mentor and practitioner get everyone to do? Uh, that's such a tough question. Um, you know, I, I remember you asking that question all of those episodes back. And I think I told people to go gluten free, like because, you know, gluten can contribute to, to so many different things. But uh, I think the big thing that I would say now is invest in your health. Right. And that's going to more than likely involve a financial investment, because unfortunately, we live in a society where, you know, to self pay or cash pay for our health, it can get expensive. Right. But we're not running these tests and these labs just for the sake of running them. Right. We're running them because we have these five foundational labs or more if we have more to add on. But we have the five foundational labs for a purpose. Right. As an FTN, we're able to find these connections and interconnect all of these labs together because I'll have people uh, come to me with hot flashes. Right. And so they know they have a hormone issue. And then they're like, why are you wanting a stool test? Like, I told you I have a hormone problem, you know, or, or, you know, somebody will come in with stomach cramps and they're like, why are you wanting to see my testosterone? You know, and, <laughs> and we're able to make these connections and find these things, like you said, find these things before they happen. So it is important to invest in your health. So if I could wave that magic wand, it's to convince them that it's not a waste of money. To, to invest in these lab testing because you can eat well, you can exercise, you can sleep great. But if you don't know what's going on under the hood, like I said earlier, you're not going to have as much success as if somebody who's gone through the whole program uh, or an, an FDN as an FDN client to have all the proper testing done. Excellent point. And I would say by definition, it's an investment, right? When we give an investment for anything, we expect a return. So not only is the return on your health, but I mean, I know firsthand and, and so many, so many of our practitioners and clients have experienced this. I, I mentioned that broken bone thing, the foot, and I kind of was making a joke about it. But the truth of the matter is I had done 
I was never very good at one particular sport, but I had done sports my entire life. I'd always been very active. I had never broken anything. And in one year, I broke multiple things. And it was also one of the years I felt the worst I ever had. So I genuinely believe that's because I was so sick. So the investment for me was not only just in my health. I mean, that's a beautiful thing to get back. But when you feel healthy, it's a lot easier to make money. So I think you and I would both share the sentiment that I'd love to live in a world where we don't have to invest in this stuff to just get what I would consider very basic forms of healthcare, just basic rights to be healthy and not have our food contaminated. And, you know, insurance pays for labs, but they don't really work or look for the right thing. Yes, I'd love to live in a world where we don't do that. But that is the reality right now. And at the very least, we can feel good in knowing that, okay, if we do invest here, whether it's from a client perspective or a course perspective, this is going to have an ROI that's not just subjective in your health, it's objective in your health and probably objective in your bank account, because if you're not falling asleep halfway through the workday every day, chances are you might be a little bit more efficient at work. Um, and you're competing against a, a bunch of other people who unfortunately are very unhealthy. So uh, it's kind of easy to stand out when you have energy all day. That's just, you think that's like the baseline, but that alone will give you a significant advantage to the workforce today if you could just stay awake for eight freaking hours um, <laughs> straight. So definitely an investment. Kurt, I'd love to have you on uh, more, especially for these lives. If you love that teaching aspect, that would be great. But I wanted to thank you for being willing to be our guinea pig today and hop on uh, for the first live Health Detective podcast. So thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cool. If you guys want to check the audio versions of our 265 episodes and counting on the Health Detective podcast, just search for you guessed it, the Health Detective Podcast. On anywhere that you podcast, we release two episodes a week, Monday and Thursday at like one in the morning EST so that all of our time zones can hear it. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again soon. Thanks. Thanks.